Hello, and welcome back to the Hooligans Pitch. It's Match Week 10, Episode 47. 8. We're on 48. <laughs> Too late. Yeah, you know, it's, it's right around the corner. You getting nervous? Midlife crisis is about to happen. <laughs> mid, mid podcast crisis. We'll call it yeah, yeah. Um, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I think uh, we got some bottles ready to be popped. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, have a little special one coming. So two more to go. Uh, we got, let's see, I guess Thanksgiving. That'll be right around Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, yeah. We're little, yeah, it'll be right around there, I think. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so that should be a fun one. But match day 10, 28 more to go. Still have a long season ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, pretty straightforward week. Pretty happy week. Um, yeah, I'd our agree. Team, our team has won, you know. We saw the Manchester Derby. With that game, I feel like we're all kind of winners despite the outcome. <laughs> just because, like, one, unless it's a draw, which... Yeah, I think that would be neat. That was probably, like, the ultimate win for neutrals, but... Yeah, but I like seeing someone lose and just yeah. kind of the way it happened. It's, it's good enough for me. So uh, yeah. let's, let's get our drinks popping. I forgot mine in the fridge. I'm going to grab it. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll go. It's a... Uh... You know, back to old tried and true New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Got the fruit force today. Mm, it's like fruit Tasty punch. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dangerous. I'm, I'm doing a Odell Brewery out of Fort Collins. A juicy oh. Tempo. Oh. Very nice. Very nice. And I was feeling a little thematic today, so I'm doing my ITAP World Cup uh, kit with my my matching World Cup glass because I do, wow. miss, I do miss our international play. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait till we have... This summer coming around, Euros and Copa should be a fun one. That's it. Um, but yeah, cheers to you for our victories. Ah, I feel cheers. Like it, it, I feel like it hasn't happened in a while, but it does. I mean, our teams are winning right now. We're both looking good. Mm-hmm. We need to cheers more often for uh, <laughs> the lack of a shit show that our teams are. True. Because, um, that may, I mean, yeah, you, you look at... I'd say a, a pretty generous handful around the league of these teams are uh, <laughs> just you got you got question marks Yo, for sure. <laughs> shout out to the English brothers. We'll clip it. We'll send it to them. Uh, yeah, I, I, Jordan. Jordan. I saw his little Instagram story with him um, watching the game, and I kind of I sent him the clappy emoji, but he sent me a sad face back, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sent him a message. I was like, it's those 4:30 a.m. games where you wake up, team plays like shit, and you're just like. Why? Why did I wake up for this? <laughs> gonna have a bad day afterwards. Yeah. It's a bad day. But we had a good day, so let's start us mm-hmm. off. Uh, let's start this podcast off with a a happy, happy memory for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. Liverpool morning game, trap game, Forest. I hate rooting against our boy Matty T, but this is the one day I almost subbed him out because I was like, I don't even want to like have to root against you. <laughs> but I thought that was not the smart move, so we kept him yeah. in there. Um, Liverpool is just clicking. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nunez is now hitting shots on target. I don't care if it's off the post. I don't care if it's off the keeper. It's, yep. it's on frame and allowing uh, rebounds to happen, um, which we've now seen twice uh, in yeah. the last week. A rebound come off uh, the keeper and the post and, and find a Liverpool player um, in the Europa game. Great assist off the post. Uh, he planned that. I know he did. Wide open. He's like, no, no, no. Watch this. <laughs> Ping to grab and box. Easy goal. But um, anyway, Liverpool looked good, man. Saw the slide with two assists. Yeah. Um, just pinging those long balls. 
it felt like just cruise control. Like Easy. you yeah. know, I think Nottingham Nottingham Forest had you know maybe one or two good looks. Um, certainly that that shot at the end of the game was unlucky to not go in. But um, you know, other than that, I, I don't think Liverpool really felt any real pressure or or uh, any real threat from Forest at all. It was, it was just. Liverpool out there enjoying the day and, and getting the goals. Got the sunshine, <laughs> some nice weather before the, the true fall hits England. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll take we'll take afternoon games like that. I mean yeah. we've been getting punished with those early schedules, but we'll take we'll take a bottom team to uh, kind of you know, get our get our winter winter mode started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Solid with a great stop and go. That's that's the one piece that I just want to <laughs> just quickly bring up. That was yeah. probably my favorite uh, assist by him, just because of how I guess hockey assist by him on how much he threw off the defender by just the quick hundred mm-hmm. mile per hour stop, then like quick dish yeah. off, and it was just beautiful. Mid, like yeah, like mid you know run, it just a it and it was so clean too. It wasn't like a, no. a stop and it like tri- trickled forward. Like it was a hard stop and then immediately go and i mean yeah it was just so smooth so sweet <laughs> he hit that e-break and uh, real quick and it, it was impressive it just goes to show that uh 30 is the new uh we'll call it 25 he's in his prime right now dishing there you go yeah um, <laughs> and it, it, it's nice too that i feel like i don't have to i don't know solely rely but he feels it too he doesn't have to solely rely on himself to be yeah the goal scorer he can finally be the setup man to the setup man which is mm-hmm. i guess something he's really you know he's had it he's had it with Mane and Firmino but that was kind of different it was more Firmino setting them up yeah and uh i don't know i, I like what i'm seeing i think it's great and, and shout outs to Diaz i hope he gets to come back soon yeah um, it's a crazy situation crazy story like how wild is that yeah yeah hopefully uh that gets solved soon so he can get back out there selfishly for my fantasy team but right, like right. also for him and his family but uh i just gotta ask um is there any team where you see it happen more often where it's like a long ball out to the winger and then the keeper comes out and there's some like crazy defensive blunder that happens with that because i feel like every time i see it it's that long ball to sala <laughs> keeper comes out whether it's nick pope I was gonna say, you know, touching the ball, you know, Matty T. Like, we kind of talked before, but you know, I don't think it's squarely on on Matt Turner here. Um, I think it happened against Arsenal and with Leno one time. I think it was against Liverpool. Like, I don't know, but that's a dangerous ball, clearly, and uh, easy to catch a keeper out. I guess. I think think my reasoning behind keepers trying to do that is they much rather they much rather get that ball outside the box. Before mm-hmm. they let Mo just have all that space, so yeah. if they could beat him to the ball there, win that win that battle outside, and don't let because if say in the perfect world, uh, Matt Turner didn't go for that ball and it lands to Salah's feet and Salah's then dribbling it straight at you, yeah, that sounds awful. I would much rather try to deal with it outside the box. Now they handled it poorly in this game, probably the worst you could possibly have in that situation. Mm-hmm. If that was Neuer in goal, dude, that dude would have launched himself for that ball to make sure no one else was going to touch it. Matt Turner, yeah. he's not the type of keeper. He's not going to go head first into a, 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 a ball that's going to Salah's feet. I wish. That would have yeah. been sick. And I would have <laughs> given him major props for it. And maybe he'll get there. I, I, it's possible. Um, 
I myself have laid out once for that, and I got a, a swift kick to the chest. But hey, stop the ball. Got a, got us a foul, and, and, and no goal was scored. Uh, it wasn't Mosala running though. That's that's probably the main <laughs> difference there. Is, yeah. is uh, I was a little bit, I guess, quicker and bigger than the player running at me. Um, so yeah, I think it's just intimidation. I think if it was, and honestly, if it was someone else who was getting that ball on their feet, I don't know if Matt <laughs> Turner does that. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. Like, you already don't really want Salah on the ball, um, especially on a break situation like that. So, you know, I, I think you have to kind of take the um, that mental battle and and try and you know meet him out outside the box where like he's not used to being challenged by the keeper there, right. um, rather than yeah let him come in and and set up the perfect shot or or. Or dribble his way through you, um, but to do that, you gotta, yeah, kind of, you gotta get your movement right, and you gotta really lay your body on the line. <laughs> well, Doc, when when Matt Turner missed it, I thought he was gonna use his hands to try to. It looked like I it. was like, "What is he doing?" I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't because they would have just been in worse shape after that. Um, yeah. But after the miss, it looked like he wanted to lunge with his arm, his shoulder, and then inevitably, yeah. just, you know went right by him. Um, So, yeah, not the best performance by Forrest. We've seen them play a lot better than that. However, Mm -hmm. it's Liverpool, man. Team's looking good. So, um, maybe in the best world, only losing 3-0 against them is kind of okay. Yeah, 3-0 away from home, you know. It's, it's, you know, not a great result, but... Hey, it could be Man U. (laughs) (laughs) Could be Man U. You could be Sheffield, you know. So Sheffield, the team that brought Man U to the brink, <laughs> that almost got points off of Man U, got absolutely destroyed by Arsenal. Mm-hmm, uh, it's uh, is this just Sheffield being really bad and Ketia just you know proving that um, he's, he's half decent, or is this like a sign that you know maybe he's ready for that next step, or is it just Sheffield? Because it could go either way. Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of, of, of everything there's, you know, Sheffield's been terrible so far this season. Um, so it definitely allows, you know, any striker a little bit more room to play. Um, and Eddie's like, you know, he, he has his, his moments where he can get some great goals and, um, be a real attacking threat. But then he also has the other times where he, he just sometimes doesn't look interested or doesn't look like up to the speed of the game. Yeah. Um, and I think this one, he just like the first two goals, I think were, I don't want to say lucky, but um, Set up helped, helped. Yeah. By like poor defensive moments. Right. Um, and then I think that third goal was just like a pure, like confidence, that was a, you know, heat check. Yeah. Like, 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 He's two goals in. He's feeling good, playing well all game. Just like hoof the ball, and you know it's a great strike. Love to watch it go in like that. Um, you know his his first Premier League hat trick. So I think he, for him, he probably takes that as as it is, and you know doesn't think too much about the opposition and, and stuff. But uh, I think you know overall, you're probably helped by a, a pretty bad. Sheffield team. <laughs> he knows it a little bit. I mean, yeah, yeah. I that's why he had the confidence to shoot that shot. I think if that's against a Man City, 
or another top level team. I don't know if he's <laughs> taking that shot outside the box. Um, True. Despite the scoreline, I think he's maybe trying to find something else easier. I'm not saying that was a, a easy shot by all means. That was a very difficult shot, and, and he hit it perfectly. Um, I think he needs to take away from this is it doesn't matter who's in goal. I need to shoot it like that every time because I can be yeah. a keeper. You know, he shouldn't be intimidated by the top teams if that's the way he's going to play. Um, sure, defense is different. And maybe they didn't press him as much because they're already down and they need to make sure their goal differential at this point is going to be <laughs> keeping them out of relegation, which uh, yeah. I mean, Sheffield's winless. So <laughs> they need to find any victory they can, and sometimes goal differential can be that victory. Yeah, I, I mean, like they they just never seem to really get a... a a hold in the game like first half i think they kept it you know pretty maybe not close but um didn't look like it would be a five nil game certainly um but then you just had these like little defensive lapses and you know as once arsenal gets going and gets some goals they're just going to get more comfortable and and really start to play with you a little bit more so you know five is is probably Four, I think, was appropriate, and then they added the ten minutes of extra time because just, they're just rude. <laughs> like, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> I get you try to give the, you know the full ninety minutes, but at a certain point, like I'm pretty sure they're four nil. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, like like four more. nil. They've shown you know no real drive or or attempt to get back into this game. Like give it you know the. the two, three minutes and, and just call it good. I think everyone would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, but every goal matters. I mean, I mean... This it's could, true, this it's true. It comes but... down to goal differential. Right now, Arsenal's tied with, with City. So make, yeah. that, make that extra time three minutes. They don't get that fifth goal. They're then below Man City in the table. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how, like, this, I guess, this, yeah, this does that's matter true. right now. Um, <laughs> and it's so wild to think a year ago, it probably would have been three minutes. Mm-hmm. Hence, that fifth goal doesn't happen. <laughs> then you'd be in third place in the table instead of second. It, it's a wild, like, domino effect yeah. that uh, that we should pay attention to. Actually, you know what, Chad? That's going on the note the note page, the fifth goal for this game being on, mm. um, it was at, like, the 95th minute? Something like that. Um, let's see. It was, uh, yeah, 95th minute, so... See if it has a a play in the in the season run here. But um, I mean, look, I'll take the fifth goal. Tommy Asu gets his first Arsenal goal. Love to see it. That guy works so hard, and um, you know, I was kind of surprised it was his first goal. He's been in the team for you know a few years now, um, and he's always kind of kind of gotten in in some decent attacking situations um and he's just tall i, I thought you know from a corner or something he would have had a goal already but hey this is a great time to get it he's never scored <laughs> in europe either in europe um i don't think so like i feel like i've seen him score for arsenal but i i, I guess not <laughs> Maybe I, I know he's gotten close a few times, so maybe it was, it was that. And I know he's had you know a couple of good assists from pretty far down the field. So yeah, um, no goal for him. He's been with the team since 
2021. He has three assists total, but yeah, yeah. So you know, nice to have him out there, and uh, I think he's he's one of those just like versatile players. Like he's you know originally he brought into the club to play right back, and then you know Ben White kind of took that over, and then. Um, for Japan, he plays left center back, so he's an option there. And then this season, he's been playing left back to cover for Zinchenko. So, like, he's all over the place. <laughs> he's the, uh, the Japanese uh, Zanetti. Yeah, exactly. Like, all over. He'll be defensive <laughs> mid real soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, easy game by Arsenal. Good to see yeah. the unselfishness, too, of Vieira getting the PK. So really mm-hmm. curious what was going to happen there. Uh, and I think that yeah. was... I think a good move to make. It just kind of shows like, like the score. Yeah. Line. Way less pressure though than Havertz. Uh, yeah. Two weeks ago. <laughs> that, that would have been like the cherry on top of this game is if Havertz could have got a, you know, open play goal. Um, and he had like one or two like decent looks, but still just not there. Although I do think he looks better playing on that right side um, in like the Odegaard position. So I don't know if that might be his, his kind of spot is just Odegaard cover now, but um, he looks to get like more involved over there, which should help him get at least assists or um, hopefully goals. <laughs> We're only 10 games into his young Arsenal career. If he's going to be there yeah. for at least three years, that's why I imagine it's his mm-hmm. timeline yeah. if, we're, if we're playing it patiently. Um, yeah. So good, good luck to them. But hey, you're winning against the bottom teams. That's what matters. Keep it mm-hmm. up there at mm-hmm. the top. Got to stay up with Tottenham because uh, exactly can't wait to see them play someone tough one of these days and not get <laughs> a little bit of help. Still bitter. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's jump into the Derby because that was the fun one. That was the yeah. one I think we watched a majority of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew City was going to win this game. I just knew it. Oh, yeah. The way the party got started, though, was a bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. Chad, how many times do you think you've seen someone grab someone's shirt in the box or pull them in the box? Oh my gosh! Like honestly, be honest. How many times? I I couldn't Hundreds. give you a, a number, but yeah, like every single every free kick, every play. Yeah, every free kick, every corner, every every time there's a a situation like that, there's a, a untold number of, of shirt grabs or you know arms around or or holds or whatever like so so let me ask you this question out of those hundreds that you've seen mm-hmm. do you think 80 percent of those are fouls um like like should be called or are oh, called yeah, fouls no, should be called should be called um yeah i'd probably say like 70 to 80 percent so you, you would could... say you would say a foul is a foul i would say a foul is a foul yeah <laughs> Again, I'm just repeating what the commentators in this game were saying. Mm-hmm. They said, well, it's a foul, but in this context, it's not a foul. Or, or that happened <laughs> later in the game. And I was just so confused by this terminology that they're using when they're saying, well, if it's a foul, it should be ruled as a foul. But in some mm-hmm. cases, well, it is a foul, but it's not going to be called as a foul. So, <laughs> Sunday... Was it Sunday? It was Sunday. November yeah. 29th. Oh, I'm sorry, October 29th. Mm-hmm. We finally see a PK be called on a foul in the box. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah. I feel like I'm putting you up on Judge Judy right now. 
is this the day that we see these being called more in the box? No, you don't think so? This is a one-off? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I For me, like... But you deem this illegal. Yeah. For me, I, I think it's... I think it's a foul. I, I think it, it would be a fair call to, you know, call this a foul in the box and outside of the box. But I don't think there was anything clear and obvious enough to have VAR go check it and, like, stop the game and have the ref go check it. Because ref didn't call it live. Oh, they, and he was stand- they whined so hard? Yeah. He was, he was standing, you know, I don't know, 10 yards away, 5 yards, something like that. He was pretty close. He had a good view. And, again, he's seen every pole, tug, arm around at, in these situations, you know, his call. whole career. Yeah. So, like, if, if, it's, it, if he didn't see anything egregious enough live... I don't. I don't see anything there that is so out of the ordinary for these these plays that VAR should have said like, "Oof, yeah, like come over and check this." So I, while yes, I think you could, I would say it's a foul. If it's not called live, I don't think there's any reason to to have it. The ref go to the monitor and like begrudgingly give the penalty. It looked like. <laughs> I agree with most of what you said. But my 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 counterpoint is is that it's a foul even even mm-hmm. without the ref seeing it because the ref mm-hmm. doesn't see everything. Yeah. But if VAR sees it and they say, "Hey, that is a foul," okay, let's go take a look at it. Which yeah. you agree it is a foul. Yeah. So my point is, and it doesn't you know our opinions it doesn't matter. They yeah. just, they just set a new bar, and they said this is a foul in the box. This is what we need to call every time. And now here's the yeah. problem. This was probably the 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 softest foul we've seen in a box be called a PK. We've seen way 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 worse than this. Hundred percent. Certainly, yeah. Be called and nothing. And you know what? It sucks. And like, <laughs> it's a physical game. People grab. People tug. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, there's this like weird, uh, you know, gray area that when the ball is in the air and it's this type of kick, like you can kind of get away with stuff. Which yeah. I'm kind of okay with. I'm okay with that. It's supposed to be physical. Now, there are times when you see two hands hugging a player. Harry Maguire looking at you. <laughs> that, and that wasn't called a foul, and it drove me nuts. I, I don't remember yeah. who, who he was. I think it was, he was bear-hugging Holland, which, hey, man, I think so. you got to do it. However, yeah. it needs to be a PK. If, mm-hmm. if, if we're holding these, these LeVar and the refs to the same, the, the same standard as the Rodri PK, it, it just needs to be the same type of ruling. And for whatever reason, that didn't get looked at VAR. And I don't understand yeah. that at all. That was almost worse, in my yeah. opinion. Because it was so... It was just done on purpose. He was yeah. bear-hugging him. And he wasn't <laughs> the ball... It wasn't the same type of context, but he was bear-hugging them. And the ball... And, and VAR... I remember this now. VAR ruled that as Holland was never able to get to the ball... So it's not going to be ruled a foul or a PK. And I was like, so you could just kick someone yeah. across, across the field and, and like, hey, man. <laughs> not even close to the ball. Come on. So if you go back and listen to the commentary, which I, I highly mm. recommend, they kind, of, yeah. they kind of walk you through that scenario. And I totally agree with them um, because I don't – you could – 
you can murder someone on the side of the pitch, but hey, man, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. To me. And, and yeah. with the Rodri thing, they set a new bar, they set a new type of standard that refs need to follow, and they're not going to do it. So mm-hmm. why do they do this one? I don't know. It pisses me off. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like I want to say it was like the 2010 World Cup. They were like trying to really crack down on the the pushing and grabbing and stuff on these um, situations and. Um, it kind of lasted that tournament. Like they, there was definitely more calls for all the the pushing and grabbing and, and tugging and stuff. But like it never really left that tournament and went into you know to the the world game and everything. So yeah, you just kind of like open that door again. If if you're gonna go in and check all these and because I mean it, even if you don't look at the Rodri one, I'm sure you could look at any other. Players in that in that same run and find something right. Every game, every free yeah. kick, there's something. Yeah, and it's okay. so. <laughs> I like. I don't think there's necessarily a right answer, because um, yes, a foul is a foul regardless of where it is on the pitch or, or proximity to the ball. Or not. That's the whole. That's the but whole but thing. it should be right. Like yeah, no, it absolutely so, should be. That's why I'm saying it doesn't make any sense why this was called. Yeah, and then later so that, in the game that, it wasn't. That's my only thing is that, you know, ref was in a fine position to to see that live. You almost have to, like, trust his judgment there, right? Like, maybe he didn't see it. Maybe he was looking elsewhere, and, um, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. But, again, like, I don't think there was anything so egregious in this challenge for VAR to, like, need to call him over to look at it. Again, I... Agree with you, but then what? What is the point of VAR? VAR is supposed to step in when yeah. the ref doesn't see something, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of that that sh- could get looked at. Then, right? You know, I agree with that too. <laughs> again, this is the whole. This is why VAR is so uh, not concrete in what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It, it, or, no one. I mean, what? When? When should VAR not say something, and when should they say something? Right. They can make yeah. a rule saying we will go to VAR when the head referee deems it appropriate. They haven't done that. VAR can just step in whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that is do I think that is okay? Kinda because I think if the ref yeah. is wrong and he doesn't see it and VAR doesn't say anything, then that's a big problem um, because not everyone's perfect. This goes back to the the you know the Liverpool goal that should have yeah. happened. Um, but I, I guess part of what I'm saying though is like. While this should be a foul, regardless where you're at on the pitch, if this play happens outside of the box, ref doesn't call it. VAR isn't looking at that. I don't know. I don't know about that, Chad. I, I... But they, 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 they would have no reason to, right? Because there's no foul, no chance of PK. You know, it, nothing was called. So like they, they wouldn't have a, a reason to even initiate the check if it wasn't inside the box superstar calls chad they happen everywhere i guess if this was sheffield (laughs) you think this would be you think this would be a pk um i'm surprised you're taking it hell no i i mean no i'm trying to like give them benefit of the doubt and say yes but you know probably not you know superstar (laughs) calls go a long way when you are a team like City and you're that respected, yeah. you have one, and you make that. I mean, come on, dude. They flipped out 
They flipped out. Yeah. And the play went on probably for another minute. And I was just like, when I was like, I was almost begging for this play to like go out of bounds or something. I don't even know mm-hmm. if it ever did. I think the ref finally like stopped play. I, I don't I think exactly so, yeah. remember. And Rodri just was like, ah, going like that up to the ref. And, and uh, it was just, I don't know. I'm not disappointed in the call. I'm more disappointed. This is the new standard now. And if, if, this can't just be a one-off. If that's what, if yeah. this is a one-off and they're not going to call this anywhere else, now, now I'm going to be more mad. <laughs> well, you Every better game. get ready. I'm, I am. I am ready. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm ready to watch it all. I mean, it already happened later in that game. And I was like, yeah. this is just ridiculous. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of surprised they made that big of a deal of it, City. Mm-hmm. Because they were in control anyway. Yeah. In no way was that goal going to be the deciding factor of the game. Um, I don't know, man. We we went on like ten minutes about one play, and it's well. I mean, it's, it's that BS. kind of play. It's that it's that gray area of it sucks. You know, refing and and VAR. Yeah. So, um, we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, obviously, like you know, same game. You know, same to worst situation happens, and it, it's already judged differently. So, I don't think. I don't think you're setting a new standard necessarily, even though you just kind of like set a precedent, I guess. But um, I wouldn't get your hopes up of like these are all going to get called now. They're not going to be called. I've never in my life, in my life, <laughs> needed them to be called. It sucks. Yeah. It's, it's shitty when you see your player getting grabbed with two hands, yeah. getting his shirt pulled, shirt, I, shirts getting ripped. See that? <laughs> And yeah. it's like, hey man, that's what happens. And then this get one, a better shirt. I don't know. What to tell you. Was, I don't, I, on a scale of one to ten, on how bad it was, I put it right as a five, as a yeah. five. And I've seen the tens, I've seen the ones. However, mm-hmm. I just don't. I, there's not one off the top of my head where I'm like, oh yeah, that was a. I remember that play being called back for a PK. I don't have that in my memory bank. Yeah. And I'd like to think we've watched enough at this point to be like, oh yeah, I remember when that guy got pulled in the box and it was a PK. Um, that doesn't exist for me. Does do you have any? Off top of um, head? I mean, not off the top of my head. It just, I, I think it's that 2010 World Cup, okay. or is either 2010 or 2014, where they like came out and they said like, we're not like we're really watching, um, you know, the, the corner kick and free kick situations for any like shirt tugs, pulls, whatever, and and being stricter on that. And like they were, I don't remember a lot of penalties necessarily coming from that. I think a lot of it was kind of just called on the you know offensive side to like. All right, we called it. Like, move on. But um, yeah, I, I don't remember any specific play or 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 teams where it happened. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's... My, my 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 hopefulness out of all this mm-hmm. is that the grabbing and the quote unquote fouls happen less in those situations, right? I mean that that should be the outcome here. Is that it should be kind of known now like okay like var will really look at these now right mm-hmm. so you have to uh you know defend physically but without you know the grabbing and tugging and and you know pushing people's shoulders down and stuff and um but like we said it already it happened later in that game yeah so it's like <laughs> so. that's my hopefulness got shot down in like five seconds yeah uh, well. <laughs> well much like the hope of Man United. Um, 
it there was just never any hope. The so whole, the, the only thing I'm gonna say two two positives for them. McTominay mm-hmm. as a number ten looks pretty good. I think that could weirdly be a new role for him because Bruno. I don't know. I man, think he's, Bruno looked weird. Yeah, I don't know if I'd rely on him too much as like a number 10 but i think he can play that kind of deli alley like second striker role like making the later run in and it's fun um, i like that picking player. up on it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then i i think this is easily onana's best game <sighs> he made some crazy saves he the the first goal or the the second goal that holland had the header mm-hmm. um of course picture perfect but then the 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 save that onana had on holland's header that was a freaking rocket <sighs> yeah i Onana jumped for it before the shot was even happening. So that showed me he learned from Holland's first header um, mm-hmm. placement, positioning, like where Holland was going to go and where he needed to be. And that was, I think the PK pissed him off. I think he, yeah. got, I think he got engaged within that game. And he uh, made, he, he made great saves. He was always kind of, you know, on his toes. I think it's the games where man, you thinks they're going to win that he, I don't know, eases up. And that's when mistakes are happening. Because mm. he really didn't make that many mistakes. No, yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, I think this is clearly his, his best game, um, you know, despite letting in three goals. But his saves are good. I think even his, his passing was was pretty good and, like, assured. It wasn't any, like, slow dribble or, or you know, a wonky pass. Um I, and I guess maybe that's a little bit of what you're saying is like he knows it was a a big contest, and then yeah, you know, to go down to a, a penalty early on is always annoying. And well, when you, you saw know, I think he got... went to go look at his bottle, and the ref said don't do that, and he was like, <laughs> yeah, got that? a yellow for it that. Kind of yeah, pissed him off a little bit. He got a yellow card off. That was the yellow yeah. card. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I think is that's that's you know it, it wasn't Emmy Martinez at the sideline like dancing and, and you know doing actual uh delay of game tactics potentially he's just going over to get a quick sip of water right you like know what chad this is where the superstar call comes in if that's emmy mm, goal mm. i bet that doesn't happen we'll never Could know be, yeah. but i yeah i i, I just yeah that, that was pretty wild um, yeah yeah i i mean i think this united team is just um they kind of remind me of Brighton in a way where like Brighton can be like really good or they kind of play down to the level of the team they're facing. And I think for United, they either play like a touch above the team they're playing or like kind of like level with, with the team they're playing. So like, you know, the game against Sheffield, like that should be more or less a walk in the park, right? Like, this game, yeah, you lost 3-0. Um, I don't think you looked terrible, though, at, at any point necessarily. Like, end of the game, three goals already. Like, you know, Doku's on, messing with Anthony. Like, everything fell apart at the end. But, um, you know, be, before that, I think, for the most part, defending was good. Like, there was no real attack, but you are going against a much better city side than you. So, that was going to be hard anyway. Um I don't know. Like they, they didn't look great by any means, but um, they definitely played better, I think, than they were playing against uh, Sheffield and um, who they played before that. The Brentford, they I, won two one. Yeah, Brentford. Like 
they were just kind of squeaking by these teams for the most part, and I I know three nil is is an assured defeat, but like counterpoint, I'm a, I'm a counterpoint here. Mm-hmm. Do you think Man City played great? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they played up to their you know their potential either, but I think so. I'd argue I'd argue City played down. I guess you could say that, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's just more common than than I'd like to think um, of team, teams kind of falling into that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it just I, I kind of lost my train of thought here. But like, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna just just think about this: the teams they beat yeah. this year, the Wolves one nil, Forest three two, Burnley one nil. Brentford 2-1, Sheffield 2-1, and that is it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not performing great by any means. Like, you're, what, 5-5, five and five. you have a goal differential of minus 5, which is the same as Forrest right now. Everton has a better goal differential than you right now. So, like, you're not performing as expected. Um you know, I think your only saving grace right now is still Chelsea holding down 11th like they do. Um, <laughs> they do. <laughs> That's their spot. Yeah. No one's allowed to take it. Um, you know, and and I guess the promise of what Ten Hag could bring to this club, but you know what it said? doesn't... You know what he said today, right? No, I didn't see this, it. This team will never be Ajax. I mean, and that's, I don't think you should be, right? Like, sure. you're, you're, you're completely different competitions and, and should be operating at vastly different levels, right? Like, this United team should be always in the title race and going deep in Europe and, um, you know, beating Sheffield United handedly. Like, not relying on McTominay to come in and get, two goals in the last 10 minutes or whatever it was like it's uh i I don't i don't know where they go from here i don't think that ten hog is necessarily the guy but i also think it's um another one of those kind of uh recruitment issues i guess like they don't really have a good vision of of what they're doing and what they want to be squad wise like I believe, I believe that statement was made by, I don't remember who it was made by this weekend, but in context, they said, we know what Tottenham's doing, we mm-hmm. know what Liverpool's doing, we know what the, who else is up there, um, Ashton Villa with Emery is doing, mm-hmm. we can see the we can see the vision, we see the drive, we see the players coming together, and man, you, and Chelsea for that matter, are just not, they're not doing it, they're not coming week in yeah. without being consistent. I mean, you take out Bruno... Hell, let's just take out Rashford for the fun of it. Who's their Who's their third best player? Um, I'd probably say Casemiro, but he's injured now, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Casemiro is going to come back with the same uh, drive that he had last year. I think mm-hmm. he came he came back to this team during the summer, overweight, not looking like he was fit yeah. to go. I think he probably saw those Saudi Arabian offers and said. <laughs> God. Give me one of those. <laughs> Shoot, Cristiano. Yeah, <laughs> you left me here. Uh, I just don't know who. Okay, take out. So Casemiro, we'll call him mm-hmm. third. Who's who's that next one? 
Like, honestly, I, I don't... Based off recent form, I guess you'd say McTominay, which yeah. I don't know if you necessarily want him to be your fourth best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's... Yeah, I, I think it's a, a squad-building um, recruitment issue with, like, a little bit deeper-lying club issues, too, but I think you could get around that. Like, you are united. You're still spending a lot of money on players, um, but not well, right? Like, you, you spent the the 60, 80 million, whatever it was, on Mounts, another 90 on Hoylands, who we, is still unknown, right? Like, he, he makes decent runs here and there and, you know, has a strong shot every now and then, but, like, he's he came in to this team with very little yeah. high level experience. It's pretty raw. Um, you know, you threw 90 million at, um, Anthony and he's not done much. Sancho. <laughs> yeah. So Sancho, like, yeah, that whole weird fight between him and 10 hog situation. Is, like, I, I don't know what side I was on. I'm more on San- you telling me Anthony is getting playtime and Sancho isn't. And like, <laughs> context of everything that's going on and, and who, who does anthony think he is when he's trying to take out doku um, yeah that was like that was Which, crazy and why was I that mean, not a red the, that that was certainly one where i would expect var to look into it more because like he just straight kicks through doku he just makes no attempt at the ball and i'm so happy doku stopped to then <laughs> stare him down and he went oh man to, i i would love to hear what he said to him because i'm sure it was uh not safe for television, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but dude, come! What do you? And then he's slapping at him, and I was like, "What? Yeah, who does this guy think he is?" Yeah, I mean, if anything, that just shows like Anthony's not in like the right mindset to to really be in this team, right? Has like, he ever been that's... in the right mindset? Like, that's a well, uh, yeah, but you know, it, it's you're making very selfish selfish decisions in. The span of like five minutes, you just got and on the pitch. Out. Yeah, like we just get out about? there. Yeah, get out there. You know, try and make something happen, or at le- the very least, you know, deny a fourth goal and then be done with it. Like you had very little effect on this game anyway because you didn't start, which I guess maybe you're you're upset about. But I, if yeah, like if I'm Ten Hog and I throw you out there, fully <laughs> knowing you know this is we're not going to win this but like get out there at least show me something but if you're going to go out there in five minutes in probably should have had a red card why would i look to you again <laughs> he never looks at him again i really hope that and oh i hope he does because because anthony is a waste of space out there but <laughs> it's it's content for us but yeah <laughs> off field he has issues now mm-hmm. on field it's it's issues yeah and it's, it's I don't know, man. I, like Ten Hag needs to whip these players into mental shape because, mm-hmm. oh man, they're just a bunch of whiners. And you see, T like we joke about Johnny Evans being as old as he is, but mm-hmm. that's that's the type of dude who I think needs to get in Anthony's face. I think yeah, he, he's the guy who's been around forever. I mean, like, dude, yeah. you, can't, you can't get away with this here. I mean, I, I would think that's like part of the reason they have Casemiro is to like not only be that experienced leadership figure, but, like, also Brazilian, so he can be like, look, mm-hmm. I know you're, like, fired up, you want to play, you want to style on all these kids, but, like, 
you got to be a little more grounded, a little more, you know, team focused here. And, um, you know, if, if Casemiro's already not checked out of Man United, but, you know, maybe not as in it as he was when he first got there, then, you know, he, okay, yeah, go talk to, to Casemiro. And then he, you know, Anthony gets there and Casemiro says like, yeah, okay, just don't do that. But like, you know, it doesn't really offer any leadership or, or coaching, right? Like, Dude, I think I think Casemiro was brought in to be that guy when Ronaldo was there. Yeah, I can see that too. And now, <laughs> this, team, this team's a hot mess. Amaral, yeah. I like him, good player, mm-hmm. scary as hell on the pitch. Um, I even like what Erickson did. Erickson has some bounce in his step this game. Yeah. Um, again, we're talking about over thirty dudes though. Who, <laughs> yeah. Maybe just don't have it anymore. I mean, half this squad, kind of looking at it right now, almost half, McGuire, Evans, Amrabat, Erickson, uh, Bruno, they're all getting up there in the 30s. Lindelof. How old is Lindelof? He's got to be, he's got to be up there to 29. Mm, um, okay. Martial, yeah. I guess he's still on the younger-ish side. Uh, but they got some young guns there who maybe need a little more discipline. The Garnachos, the, the, especially the Antonis, the guys who might yeah. be there long-term. Um, are kind of embarrassing the club. The club now has more losses at home since Ferguson has lost uh, in his 26 years of coaching there. And he's been gone for the last nine-ish? been about nine years? Um, yeah. Nine years um, of losses compared to 26. I mean, yeah, it was always going to come, but uh, it just... it It's... I try and make the comparison between United and, and Arsenal because, like, they both had long-term managers that left, and that's always going to be hard to follow up, right? Like, Arsene Wenger had his whole his whole build of Arsenal and and how he ran it, and um, you know that lasted twenty-two years or something like that. And then Ferguson the same way, and then you know you see with Arsenal, Emery comes in. It just—I think it was going to be hard for any manager. I don't think it's—it was on Emery to, that the way things went. It just—you're—you're you're going from a, a stable idea of what the club is and how they should play and how they should operate to now it's kind of wide open. Like it's—we know how they were, but like it's—you know—that you don't have the same the sh- the same shepherd to like lead you through that anymore. So like Emery worked but didn't work and then you know you kind of go through some interim stuff and then Arteta comes in and he he has a pretty clear vision from the start and you know it wasn't a lightning start to to Arteta's career but you could always see the vision that he had and like that the club was trying to move forward and and make these changes and um you know make the 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 signings that felt appropriate and right and would improve the team and then on the flip side, like United, you go from from Ferguson to what Van Hall, I think was right after him. I think. I think it was him, and then it was Mourinho, and then yeah. No, uh, oh, what was his name? <laughs> Dude, there's been so many. Uh, yeah. Um. I have his I have his like initials in my head, but uh, I don't was, <laughs> why do I want to say he was Swedish? Um. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Soul, soul, yeah, soul shine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, you're kind of in that same situation where, you know, you've been thought of and, and run a certain way for so long, and then now this kind of blank page of, of what man you can be, and I, I, there's just never been a clear vision or direction, you know, from... I'd say club level, even to to managers. Like you forgot too, Bob. Just gonna interrupt you, David Moyes. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> and interim Ralph Ragnick. So he could have been, mm, okay, but he decided yeah. not to. Um, so yeah. Shout outs to Ryan Giggs and Michael Carrick for stepping in when no one else. <laughs> so since yeah. Ferguson, we've had eight. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say United's in like their Tottenham phase right now, right? Where it's like, yeah, they're kind of fumbling through managers, and because of that, they they can't decide on like a real squad vision or or club direction. Um, they only had two I, though. They only had two different managers, and now they're at top of the yeah. table. Uh, so I mean, they had two managers top of the table. Yeah, so like that's the thing though. It, it it can it can take you know one correct appointment to to turn the tides, um, but unfortunately, like I guess recruitment at every level, manager you know down is is just not not right at at United. And uh, I don't know if you you either ride out Ten Hog and you know let him do what he wants to do, but I don't think you've seen enough promise and direction and, and vision and all that from his squads to feel confident in, in that. <laughs> so I'm going to say two things here. Extra applause to Mourinho because he's finished with the best record with Man U since Ferguson. Yeah. Left. They said, screw you. We don't want you anymore. And he laughed on the way out saying, you'll never get pretty much. You'll never get anyone as good as me to come back. <laughs> um, and then on terms of, of kind of locker room chemistry, and we're talking about players buying in, right? Buying in mm-hmm. to Ainge, buying into, uh, I mean, you can go down the line of Arteta coming in there and, and you know, clop for the longer term. Um, when Ten Hag came in there, Ronaldo was in there. Ronaldo was not buying into that. Yeah. You have arguably the best player in the world not buy into your system. That has a trickle-down effect I'm assuming on other players who think they're superstars, i.e. Anthony, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go down the list of players who might think that way. I think that got off to such a bad start. It was so hard. to rec- And it wasn't even a bad start. It was just hard yeah. to recover from. Um, I don't see a way up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think... At this point, you probably, I think you probably ride out Ten Hag through the season, but I don't know that you keep him for next season. I think it's, unless they can really turn it around and really start to compete, I think you just start to look for the next thing. You know, he's had, what, this will be his third season, maybe? Second? Third? I believe this is his second second so like it's early but again you need to see some progress some some clear direction that the team will be heading in you know and um i don't know who you bring in instead 
Like that's that's the big question mark. Is you can Rooney would have been it for me, but I think he's it still can be. I guess you know you you Uh, you buy him out, but I don't think that's gonna happen now. I think I think he likes where he's at, and I think he chose to go there. Um, I think it's got to be someone on the younger side, innovative. Okay, Mm -hmm. or now this is this is a hot take, super hot take. (laughs) Zinedine Zidane. If he came in there, yeah. holy crap, would the recruitment just be off the roof? It's true. I do think that would bring in a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he I think he's just chilling. That's what I'm saying. I think, so, he, I think he's going to get that itch. You know, yeah, if you can convince him to, to come, um, you know, he did well coaching Real. Um, I think he has that right, like that former player mindset of like like take no shit sort of thing and and um not be afraid to to drop some dead wood or, or you know sell them off and and then i mean yeah just based on name i'm sure a lot of players will be interested on playing for him and united um and i mean if united is still gonna the, spend the money that they've been spending then you can probably build something pretty good um Four, day, four days ago, Gold.com released an article. Zidane Zidane, the next Man United coach. No joke, swear to God. I didn't know you were working for Gold. I, I could be. <laughs> I should be. Uh, hilarious that that's what came <laughs> Other people have that idea, too. Um, yeah. And I'm not shocked. I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. However, yeah. will he do it? It's <clears throat> tough to say. I just think that would be the best place... If he could do Madrid, mm-hmm. if Mourinho can do Madrid, he can do United. For sure, yeah. No one else on that list has had anything comparable to that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. is like I know there's um, like ownership issue and like fans and owners going head-to-head and all this, but like I think with the right manager, you can, you can work around that still. Like you can get – like there's enough – there's enough – good and decent players on this team that they should certainly be better than eighth right now and like have I'm shocked they're that high. They're holding on. You got the big win against Brentford and Sheffield, so don't forget the Wolves. <laughs> yeah. Those Wolves early days though. It's not the Wolves of today. <laughs> wow. Shocking. Alright Chad, we've gone on for a long time about man. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably move on. Again, I think, sure, the next, yeah. I think the next games here are pretty straightforward besides the West Ham. I'm sorry, the uh, the, the Bournemouth-Burnley uh, game. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the one we can talk about a little further. I just want – let's just kind of go rapid fire here, I think. Uh, Crystal Palace. Um, something um, interesting that I noted that game. Um, Roy Hodgson came in last year. Mm-hmm. 70 four years old, I think off the top of my head, if I'm remembering that correctly. Did you know he has never made more than three subs in a game? He He's a, that old head. He's old like, five subs? Old. We don't do that. Like, we don't need five. I got three. <laughs> uh, I thought that was hilarious and fascinating. Now, has anyone told him he can make five? That's what I need to know. <laughs> That's what I need to know. Um... I'd be slightly concerned with that. I almost like didn't believe it, but I just went kind of back in all their games. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. This game against Tottenham, 
First time he did it. <gasps> wow. So he finally broke the streak. They said it after the second sub. They noted it. And, of course, commentator's curse comes up. Yeah. He made yeah. the two subs later. He re- I think he really wanted to beat Tottenham. I think that was the yeah. angle. Um, but every other game, this is the first time he did it in, in uh, his coaching career. Now, again, wow. that rule is new. But he's been with Palace for, when did he come in there? Last March-ish? Mm-hmm. And he never did it. So, you know what? Hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards you thinking no one told him. And, uh, they listen. <laughs> or, or someone told him, they're like, yeah, yeah, play a joke on the old guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. He's <laughs> like, I don't believe you. Yeah. You're fucking with me. Um, but Tottenham getting it done. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think Tottenham was, was always going to win that, but yeah, um, win. Palace just, I think both offensively and defensively, they were just a little, like, sloppy and indecisive all over, and, you know, Tottenham took advantage, but... Yep, that's, I think, normal. I mean, Tottenham's clicking right now. They look good. The new yeah. the new nickname for their front, the front three, did you see this? No. The Suns. The Suns. Charles oh. Sun, Madison Sun. <laughs> Son. I think it's generous to include Richarlson in that, but <laughs> does a disservice to um, Kulisevsky. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but hey, I'm just uh, I'm just browsing yeah. Instagram, seeing what yeah. Um, <laughs> other games we got, unless you got anything notable from that one. No, no. Uh, we kind of brought up Chelsea a little bit. Brentford, the team that can barely score, just outclass them kind of all over the pitch yeah yeah um you know it, it chelsea has that same issue where they're creating a lot again but just they can't score they had 17 shots in total only two on target brentford on the other hand seven shots with five on target like clinical yeah you, you got to be better at shooting and you know I get you don't really have a, a true striker. Like, I guess Nick Jackson is a true striker, but he just isn't I'm sorry, there yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he pops up and makes a, I don't know, tackle here, a wide shot there, a missed sitter here. Like, you know, um, yeah, like you, Brentford. But they're young. They're ch- yeah. We, I, like, this is pretty normal. I think I think Arsenal set a standard where their young players can get it done. Which, mm-hmm. hell, more kudos to Arteta for making his young players get it done. The the last couple of managers that Chelsea has brought in has never worked with a team this young. They've had yeah. established, record-breaking players on the international level. Yeah. Um, and Chelsea just doesn't have that right now. And they might. They could. They have a World Cup winner. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're, if you're Chelsea, you just... You got to trust um, Pochettino. Let him do his thing. Um, and yeah, you're, uh, so much of your squad is young. It's going to take a long time and, and maybe, you know, still some some exits and some arrivals to really find the balance and, and the players you need. But um, it's just, it's not a good look to lose 2 0 to Brentford at home. But, no. you know, that's just the Chelsea of, of today. <laughs> Last point about Man United. I would much rather mm. have this Chelsea squad. Despite the dollars being spent, mm-hmm. I'd much rather have them than Man U. The, 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 yeah. It doesn't seem like there's as much off-field dysfunction. They're relatively young, while Man U is maybe 
to the middle to older stage. I think there's so much more to build on on Chelsea. For um, sure, yeah. And I think you can only go up for Chelsea. I don't see them getting worse at this point. Like this, I is, think you, this is a low bar right now, but yeah, I think your your only risk is like your key players getting tired of not being in a winning side and wanting to leave. Like if if Enzo wants to leave at at the end of the season, I mean it, he would cost a pretty penny, but um, you know that's a, that's a big name to lose. You know, um, probably same with. Um, yeah, to a lesser extent, Mudrick, but like he does provide that you know a, a very quick outlet on that side. Um, you know, hasn't been very productive in in goals and stuff, but he's still that promising player. And if he can get going, then he's dangerous for sure. Um, you know, Tiago Silva just said I think today or yesterday that like he's like, yeah, I, I'm getting old. Like end of my career is coming. It's it's getting harder, sort of thing. Like so, you can't rely on him for much longer. <laughs> He's shocked if he makes it to the end of the season. Yeah, so yeah, we'll see how they progress. Um, I, I think they look better with Pochettino than they did with um, Graham Potter. So yeah, you're making I agree. a step in the right direction there. I agree with that. Uh, West Ham. They've now lost <laughs> three games in a row total. Last two in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, honestly, as the games go by, they look more and more average. I don't know what's happened. They were on fire at the start, and now it's just like you can't get by Everton. Yeah, <laughs> and and like you're at home. Like you, it's not even Everton and all the you know Everton fans hounding you. You're you're playing at home and can't get anything done past Everton. Like I don't know. They are in a, a low point of form for sure. <laughs> and they got to find a way out. Cause I mean, they started so hot and now they're uh, down in ninth. Like, and that's crazy too. It's like, I would have never thought West Ham would be worse than man United. Again, it's just a table. <laughs> like it's yeah. not by much. Yeah. That's what we're, that's, that's what the table says. And mm -hmm. time will tell. I don't think, Again, I would much rather have West Ham than Man United right now. I think there's a lot of teams yeah. I would say that about. Um, however, this Everton game, they it, if they would have won this Everton game, I would have not be, you know, shocked at, at where yeah. they're out on the table. They'd be sitting 17th tied for 6th uh, right now. But yeah. because that, they lost that game against a team that is in decent form, they're okay. Yeah. You know, they're, not, I mean, they're not looking awful, as, as awful as they started. Yeah, I I mean that I think this is a huge win for Everton. Oh, for sure. You know, puts you at ten points. Um, you know, eighteenth is Luton at, at five points, so you're already five points clear of, of relegation. Which, again, so much longer to go in the season, but you know, to already have that separation is great for Everton, especially considering how they started. I would, I don't want to say guaranteed, but I think Everton might be safe. I mean, yeah, you know, Calvert-Lewin gets a goal. Yeah. You know, if he can keep up with the goals, yep. I think they should be able to, to get by. Like, it's it won't be a a great season by any means, but I think I think survival could be in their future. Yep, I agree with you there. Um, Castle and Wolves. That game told me that Castle still ain't that good. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Wolves has, has definitely come alive, um, especially since Neto came back. Um, <laughs> now he's out. Sorry, Wolves fans. I put him on my fantasy team. It's my B. I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like he's out like uh, maybe a month. Um, hopefully it's just that quick. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The The only like real talking point I had was... Um, Huang Hee Chan, um, both the the victim of of a VAR call and you know the scorer of the the equalizing goal. Um, I don't did I don't know how I feel about this this call honestly. <laughs> it's um in, in in real time it looks like a foul. But then they go through all their their angles and all their their slow mo and stuff, and I I am like ninety five percent sure he kicks into the ground and stops his movement before actually hitting. Um, I think it was Shar. Um, he was going against, and you know Shar just either either there is contact or he knows that like there is a kick happening, so he falls and you know penalty gets awarded. Um, a little bit of both, maybe. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, that said, if there is some contact, I think it's very light. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those hard ones. I'd argue Huang is better with his feet and kind of, you know, he's not going to be as sloppy. He's a little more quick-footed mm-hmm. on his toes. And Char is, what is he now, 32, 33? Up there, up there for sure, yeah. 31, but he's a defender. He's not going to have quick mm, feet. Yeah. I could very much see a player like him just stabbing the ground and, and yeah. toppling over. Yeah, so I I think probably a bummer to, to see that be called a PK, but, um, you know, yeah, good on Wolves to get that, that goal back. And, and yep. uh, Huang's goal was, was pretty sick. A good just cut in, sends a damn burn flying. <laughs> Um, I, I do want to just quickly apologize to Shar here. I called him old, and we're the same age, uh, so. Well, you know, my, my he's bad. My bad. he's got more miles on him. I saw, I saw 1991 on here, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's way too close. To yeah, yeah. Um, next up on my list here, we got. Oh God, I lost my list. Sorry. Uh, Brighton Fulham. Brighton just. Jets have cooled off. Fola yeah, getting very lucky. They didn't get a little red card there with Polina. Yeah, um, I I think this is probably a, one of those VAR checks where you got to call the ref over, and it just didn't happen. Um, you know, Polina definitely kind of leads with the elbow. Definitely catches uh, Pascal Gross with uh, you know elbow right to the cheek. I think ref sees that in replay, and it's probably a red. <laughs> not even but, uh, yellow. That's what's crazy about that. And yeah, to not even have a yellow on that was a little bit wild. And you know, as uh, as the script writers do, it's always the person that should have been sent off that gets the the goal. So, <laughs> yeah. commentator said it too. So, everyone <laughs> acknowledges that. Great shot though. Uh, and mm-hmm. Polino was player of the match too. So. <laughs> Yeah, he was all over that midfield, you know, and gets the, the goal to salvage a point. Like, dude, uh, I know he was, he was what, looking at Bayern, I think, in the summer? Yeah. Um, 
I'll be surprised if he lasts through this next summer. <laughs> I will not be shocked if he goes anywhere else but Fulham. Yeah. Um, that's honestly why I transferred. That's why I kept my eye on him. I was like, ooh, Byron mm-hmm. wants him. I was like, maybe I don't want him. Yeah. And uh, he didn't play the first week, maybe two weeks of the season. Yeah, something like but that. since then, he's been, he's been catching fire. So mm-hmm. Fulham found themselves a good one. I will not be shocked if he goes for... Man, over sixty. You think so? I think over. I think sixty. How old is he? He's twenty-eight. So he's right. He's okay. right yeah. In that prime. Mm-hmm. Um, if he was like twenty-three, like Isado, he'd be going for, you know, that price. Yeah. I, I think, I think that's a fair amount for his position and his skill because he's a big guy too. He's really tall. Yeah. Uh, he's got great on-ball skill. For sure, yeah, yeah, and he's he's pretty consistent with his performances too. So, you know, you you always hear about him in the Fulham games, and um, you know, if you're doing that, especially with this Fulham team, with you know, they they've kind of struggled since Mitrovic left. Yeah. Well, since Mitrovic went to the World Cup, <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, that's that's the midfielder most teams dream of that can get all these tackles and interceptions and blocks, but then also show up and get a goal when needed. And, yep. you know, he got that goal against Arsenal earlier in the season to um, get the draw there. So he's, he's a name that's, I think, outgrowing Fulham for sure. All right, Chad, we got two more here. Villa Luton. Luton, no shots on goal. Uh, one goal scored, and that was because of a weird blooper between Emmy and his defender. <laughs> And uh, I think if Emmy didn't touch that ball, that probably wouldn't even gone in the goal. It might have just bounced. It would, been it would have been close, yeah. Really close. Um, he looked like he was shocked at what was happening, and yeah, I don't blame him. He had no action that game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just that was just funny because it's basically a, almost a, a copy of the own goal he had against Arsenal last season where I think that one came off of a free kick or something yeah. though. Um, but, you know, bounced off the crossbar, then hits off Emmy and goes in the goal. So he got some bad luck in those situations. It's not his fault. <laughs> no. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. But I mean, beyond that, Aston Villa was fully in control. Um, you know, Luton just, I think all over was, was slow and, and kind of static and eh. <laughs> that's a fair thing to say uh, they got out touched by 400 passes or sorry 400 Oof. touches not passes that'd be insane yeah um, so yeah they had no shot in that game I think they yeah. all do that going in yeah and now we can get into the last controversy of today <laughs> Bournemouth Burnley Jay Rodriguez Burnley. coming in for the equalizer and was shut down. I don't want to say shut down. He was. He was. Oh, how do you even want to state this? Um, <laughs> he was politely declined his goal after five minutes of patiently waiting for a decision to be made. Yes. Uh, while fans and players, even Jay himself, started to go cross-armed like this. Yeah. Um, in a call that I think was correct. I think. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, you know, call came out correctly. Um, but it's it's just it's hard to look at as a fan when not only is it taking so long, but then you're shown one angle, 
and you're kind of led to believe from that angle plus the commentators that it's like an onside decision and then it gets switched to a different angle and now it's offside which like creates a little bit of mistrust in the 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 offside process even though i think that that first line was um correct in its placement but incorrect in its uh i guess decision um yeah i don't know it it was just a weird one and and you know if if you're going to point to you know uh world cup and and champions league offsides where it's like the automated like 3d models and stuff and look for a, a reason why premier league should do it like this is probably the one you point to right Absolutely. it would make things <laughs> so much clearer i'd be able to read exactly where the player's shoulder is compared mm-hmm. to the other one um i do like that design it just it just highlights where my eyes yeah. need to be focused rather mm-hmm. than this one I'm like looking at his toe his, his knee his <laughs> chest uh, like it, it was very confusing and I guess there was miscommunication with VAR. I mean, I missed just no communication. They couldn't hear what was yeah. going on. So I think, again, this goes back to, I wish we could just hear VAR and, and, and what was happening yeah. as a viewer. Cause then we're like, at least engaged with it. We're not just mm-hmm. sitting in silence, waiting for them to make a decision with the commentators going, we don't even know what's going on. So you don't get to know what's going on either. It's like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that, that's, I think would be the most, beneficial step var could take is just like playing that audio live you know i get like in the stadium you won't benefit from that but um you know as as viewers and there's you know millions more viewing outside of the stadium rather than in it so it's it would be so much more clear and um you know it if you're a burnley fan here you see that first image and they like kind of call it onside but like don't really confirm it and then go to this other angle now it's offside so you're probably feeling like hard done by that because you've seen it go both ways in the the span of five minutes like (laughs) so crazy and then with that Bournemouth gets their first victory of the season too I don't want to say it's all on Chris Metham but he's back you know (laughs) City's gonna come for him he's the the good good little that's it yeah um, I think we nailed it with all our games. That was a list. I think so, yeah. With a tangent. Uh, <laughs> let's do our uh, player team and goal. Mm-hmm, Shall mm-hmm. we? I think we're going to be unanimous on our player. Ketia? Patrick? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like I, I listed some others. Um, you me. know, I, and Buemo got the uh, one goal, one assist, two shots on target. He was looking looking great. Um, Slavislai, the two assists, uh, one shot on target, four key passes. Like he's just he's just living his life in that midfield. He's loving it. Um, and then Polina, you know, one goal, ten tackles, five interceptions. Those are the numbers you want to see from your midfielder. Fantasy like player of the week, for sure. Yeah. So um, some great performances, but. You know, hard to beat a uh, a first Premier League hat trick. So he deserves it. Yeah. Um, team for me, giving it to Everton. I thought about this, yeah. but then I feel like we're giving it to Everton anytime they win. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do we give it to them before we might have? But they beat West Ham. West Ham is earned player uh, team of the week too, and they've yeah. they've been 
you know, maybe not beating the best of them, but they've been up there. They've been doing uh, much better than the Man Uniteds. You know, yeah. if Everton's beating Man United in this form, I don't know if I'm giving them team of the week. I just think West Ham has shown us how dangerous they can be. And for them to do nothing against Everton, like literally yeah. nothing, that's why that's why they're my shout. That's fair. Um, yeah, my, my other option was uh, Brentford. I mean, you go away to Chelsea and, and get the job done 2-0. Um, I guess that's just a mid-table game at this point. But <laughs> So, yeah, the Everton one is, is definitely more, um, more impressive, I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Everton on that one. They, they need all the victory. Like, this could be their last victory of the season. <laughs> could be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not, but let you know. It could yeah, be. It could be. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like, yeah, they beat West Ham in October, and that was it. Um, goals. Uh, some good ones. I don't mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. it's the best week of goals, but I want to shout out Calvert Lewin for the game winner. It's nice, yeah. It was pretty slick. Nice little, like, yeah, really nice turn. Finish. That was, that yeah. was nice. Yeah, his is tight. Um, I like. Huang Hee Chan, you know, gets the equalizer and and send Dan Byrne to the ground in the process. Yeah. Um, I like Eddie's third, but I don't think it's best of the week. Um, Philip Billing had that that long, like, almost half-field shot. Um, It's always fun to see, but I don't know. I think there were more exciting options. This Wolves team, I'm, I'm kind of like a Wolves fan deep down, I think. Like, <laughs> they're like this year's Brighton for me. Uh, okay, okay. So, and they, that was, this was my uh, my ultimate team logo for as long mm. as time went was the Wolves. Yes. Um, I've met one of their former goalkeepers, fun fact. Uh, okay. Um, Sir Charles Bamforth, who is a UC Davis uh, brewery instructor, is wearing... <laughs> Little, little fun story here. I, I think I have, I, have I told you this? I've never told you this. I don't think so. Oh, this is great. Um, I was wearing my Inter Milan sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to me in his very thick British accent. He goes, "Do you play?" And I said, "Yeah, I play on the club team here." And he goes, "Oh, like what position?" And I was like, "Oh, I goalkeeper." He goes, "Oh, me too." And I was like, "Oh, like cool. Like where did you play?" He goes, "Wolverhampton." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, look me up." And I swear to God. Bamford and uh, he's now gosh man I don't even know if he's alive at this point he was, he's very old um, mm-hmm. he is the one who was in uh, he was uh, the head brewmaster of Sierra Nevadas he was his mm. um, I guess he was the apprentice of, of Sir Charles and, oh wow uh, great great man great class had a lot of fun there drank a lot of beer um, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, a little fun story about Wolverhampton. So that's why, wow, I, that's yeah. why I've kind of – and that was back in 20 – that was like 2013, so almost 10 years ago. Dang. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. So shout, shout out, Spamford. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so this, let's go playing just for Charles. Yeah, I like that, yeah. yeah. All right, Chad, you got any uh, Sack Republic news for us? Um, yeah, you know, um, pretty much breezed past last year's champion, San Antonio. Um Ended 3-1, but, like, the only goal they got was a really late game, just, like, scramble on a corner that found its way in. Um, but beyond that, I'd, I'd say we 
pretty handedly uh, took care of them. Um, so now they play again Saturday against Phoenix Rising. Um, should be a pretty decent game in the season. Sack beat them at um, a sack. When Sack was at home, they beat them 4-0. When they went away, Sack lost 2-1. So, could go either way, but uh, get through this, and then in, then you're in the you're in the USL final. So, I don't want to say get your plane ticket ready, but I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, those prices ain't cheap, so maybe, just maybe, yeah. we can make it happen. Maybe I can do a little work trip. Maybe come there you go. Team, yeah. Come on the team. But uh, <laughs> I'll be paying attention. November 11th, right? That's the date. Um, for the final. Yeah. Um, it's I think the 12th. It's that Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see what we can do. I know. Yeah. I, said, I know. I said I'd try, so I'm gonna try even harder. But, yeah. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah. We gotta get through this weekend first. So. I need a refundable <laughs> ticket too. That's that's. Like, True. That's yeah. Kind of it. Um, <laughs> all right, I think we nailed it. I think so. That was a good one. Hour and twenty in. Finally, we disagree on stuff. Like that's that's what that's what I'm all yeah. about right now. We need to have <laughs> discussions and arguments, and uh, I look forward to another another weekend match eleven coming up. Yeah, um, yeah. Newcastle Arsenal this weekend, so that'll be big. Yep. Tottenham Chelsea. Nice. See what see what they can do. Liverpool Lewin. Never know. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, 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 yeah.